Like Lucy said earlier, we're starting the new sermon series called Surrender. All right. I think that we're in a season, not just in our church, not just in our country, but in our personal lives where Jesus is really calling us to surrender. So for these next, oops, sorry, for the next several weeks, we're going to be going through different things that maybe you might be struggling with, maybe some things that you may be needing to surrender. And we're going to kind of walk through those things for the next several weeks. But maybe we get to a week and you're here and you might not struggle with this. Maybe this, the topic of that Sunday isn't something that you feel like you have a problem with, but know that somebody else might. And so if it's not an issue that maybe you're dealing with now, use it, um, use these sermons so that you can help other people um, in the church or in your neighborhood or in your family surrender from some of these things. Amen. Amen. So also be praying for the sermon series. I I really feel like God's going to do something big through the sermon series, not through me. Right. So pray for me as I as I can communicate. But I think God's going to do something when we surrender. God's going to do something big. Um, so I'm excited today. As you see today's topic, the things that um, we're talking about today is surrendering my mask, right? So let me ask you this. Um, how many of you guys can give a testimony or of a story of a time where you encountered God? Come on. Okay, let me rephrase that. How many of you have ever experienced something in your life and you can give a testimony where Jesus showed up and you had no doubt in your mind that it was Jesus Christ? Doing something in your life. How many of you ever experienced that before? Okay, I, maybe I didn't even phrase it right. How many of you know and you felt Jesus' presence in your life before and you knew that it was Jesus Christ? You should be clapping if you know that, right? You should be happy to see if you really encountered Jesus before, right? Or maybe the warm AC, maybe the heater's on a little too much again, right? Maybe we need to, I'm going to turn that heater off. Right? Y'all are sleeping. Hey, I got a story when, I, when there's a time in my life where I knew that Jesus showed up and did something. Right? He saved me. So when I was young, I was a little rowdy, a little rumbushes, right? And I, and I like to show my friends that I had no fear, right? And so me and my basketball team, we were celebrating summer vacation, um, right? And so we said, hey, as a team, we're going to go to this river. We're going to go jump off some cliffs that are like 65-foot, 70-foot cliffs. We're going to jump off. It's going to be awesome. And we get there, and we're jumping, and things are great. And then we come across this big bridge, right, that I don't think any of us ever knew was there, actually. And, and we look, and there's half a piece of rope. Right, like you can tell that it was supposed to be a rope swing from this mountainside down into the river, but it was broken. And so we're like, man, if we can find another rope, we can tie it to that, you know, and we can swing off. It's going to be great. So we're looking around, and what you got to realize about me is I'm very competitive, right? And so all of us, I'm not kidding you. So our basketball team, we're looking there, and this uh, Boy Scout group, okay, comes up and they go, "We have a rope, and I'm a Boy Scout. I can tie this rope on that rope better than you can." And I said, well, you're a Boy Scout. I'm a Hood Scout, right? I grew up in the hood. I can tie this rope better than you. So I took the rope and I tied it on there. And we're, we're testing the weight. And of course, God told me, Donnie, you have to go first, right? And I just felt that if anyone's going to get hurt or if anyone's going to go through it, I know that I can do it and I will be okay, right? I know if I was to die from this rope swing accident, I'm going to heaven. So I said, like, I'll go first, Right? And so I'm testing it. I'm putting all my 160 pounds at that point um, on the rope. And it's, it's sturdy. I'm good to go. And then I take off swinging. And what you have to realize is we're up here on this mountain ridge. And it's just completely jagged rocks all the way to the, to the water. I take off. And as soon as I got to here, it just snapped on me. Where my, where my knot, my hood knot, right, it just completely let loose and broke. And I'm now upside down looking at the rocks, seeing my friends go like this. It was like slow motion. And I said, I, I remember, I'm not even kidding, I remember Jesus, 
hey, I need your help. <laughs> I need you right now. And somehow from going swinging this way upside down, my body was turned and to where I can look at the rock and I jumped off the rock as I hit it and landed in the water. Right. And it was I mean, it was I mean, I literally felt Jesus telling me, Donnie, you're an idiot. I'm saving you once again. But that's one of those times in my life where I encountered like Jesus, I need you right now. And boom, he showed up. Right. And I mean, it was because of my stupidity. But Jesus showed up. And I, there's no doubt. Even my friends, when I got up there, they said, man, I don't know how you did that. And I was like, man, it was Jesus. You know, and so what what I need what I, we're talking about today is we're, we're going to be looking at the life of Paul. Right. And Paul, you guys know, is a very um, he had a very special encounter with Jesus that caused him not only to realize how real Jesus was. Right. But he, it made him realize the mask that he was hiding behind wasn't enough. Right. The, the, the mask that Paul was hiding behind wasn't enough. And he had to surrender to Jesus. Um, so let's pray, and we're going to dig into God's Word. Heavenly Father, God, first and foremost, thank you for saving me that day um, so I can sit, um, give testimony um, now, God. But um, on a serious note, God, Lord, I pray um, that you speak to us right now, Father. Um, God, we know you're here. We don't have to ask you to be here. God, you're here. But God, we, we're coming to you asking that you would interpret these scriptures. God, that you would speak directly to our hearts. God, if somebody here is struggling, or maybe someone's here living behind the mask, God, I pray that you just give them the courage, God, that you call them and that you allow them to surrender their mask, God. If someone's here and they, they need to see the light, maybe they're headed down the wrong road, God, I pray that you just encounter them, Father, that you just shine your light on them. So, Father, be with us um, as we go through your words. Speak through me, God. Fill me with your presence. Your sons, let me pray. Amen. Amen. So go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 9. This morning, Acts chapter 9. We're kind of be we're kind of going a little bit in Acts, but to give you a little context, the book of Acts is really just a description of the early church. Right? We know that Jesus had came down to earth. He was um, born of a woman, but we know that he was also God, but he was also fully man, and he lived on this earth. Right for, for 33 years doing ministry for three years and then he died and they buried him, right? And we're going to be celebrating the fact that he rose from the grave on sun, next Sunday, right? We're going to celebrate that. But we can celebrate it now. We don't have to wait till Easter to celebrate that Jesus has risen, right? And then as he was resurrected, he, he revealed himself. And this is what we're going over on Wednesday nights, um, that he revealed himself to his disciples and said, hey, I want you to go do this. Here is your mission. Here's the great commission. Go make disciples of all nations. Right. And that's what they did. That's what they did. And so the book of Acts is the early church. We see these disciples going and they have this mission from Jesus and they're going around and they're preaching the gospel. They're sharing the gospel with people. And the early church is exploding. I mean, people are getting saved and baptized by the thousands. Right. And I said on Wednesday night, I would love to see just 100 people at one time come to know Jesus. Right. Just at one moment. I just couldn't imagine what that would look like. But they were having it done by the thousands. Right. So the early church was booming. It was awesome. But as Christianity was spreading, there was many Pharisees that were still against Jesus. There are many Pharisees and Sanhedrin from Jerusalem that were against Jesus and this whole Christianity movement. They didn't think that Jesus was the Messiah. Right. Because they had killed him. They had buried him. And so they were still in the process of them trying to stop this Christian Jesus movement from happening. Right. And that's why a few chapters before we um, chapter nine, we see Stephen, right, a man full of faith that they appointed to do the Lord's work in the church. He was martyred for his faith. Right. And we see Paul. Right. We, we know who Paul his uh, his first name. Right. Is Saul. And Saul was the one that kind of gave approval for them to begin to martyr these Christians. 
right? And so, um, so, like I said, we're talking about Paul. Paul had two names, Saul and Paul. Saul was his Hebrew name and Paul was his Roman name. You might know the name of Paul because he's the one that wrote most of the New Testament, right? You guys know who Paul is, right? If you look through 13 letters that he wrote in the New Testament that we still get encouragement from, we still get challenged from, that still speaks to us today. But before he was going by Paul, he was Saul, right? He was born in Tarsus. He had Jewish parents. He called himself the Hebrew of Hebrews. He went to the best school for Jewish learning. He was discipled and trained by one of the highest Pharisees that you can, that you can pay to be trained by. And so Saul's problem was that he was very legalistic. Saul didn't believe in Jesus. Saul didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He didn't believe that he died and rose again. But Saul did believe that if I follow these laws that the Old Testament gives us, if I follow what my religion says, then I'm good and I'm going to serve God through the law. So that was Saul's mindset. And what he did, man, he had a real zeal and he had a real passion for the law. Right? Remember when we studied Galatians, Paul himself said, man, I was zealous for the law. I persecuted Christians over the law. Right? Over the Ten Commandments, over the Jewish customs and the Jewish festivals. He was the guy that was so passionate about that, that he began to persecute the early Christian church. You guys with me? Is this kind of ringing a bell to some of you that grew up in the church? If you didn't, this is who Saul was. Saul hated Jesus. He, he, he thought his salvation wouldn't come from Jesus, the man, but he knew that maybe salvation might have came through him following some rules. But what he didn't realize, what we're about to read is soon, that he realized that Jesus is God and that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. Right? So that's where we are. I had to give you this, this little um, background and context so that we can pick up Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1. It says this, and I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any, any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Right? Saul had this idea. He was going to go get approval from the synagogue, the higher-ups, that if he found anyone belonging to the way, he's going to bind them up, he's going to take them to Jerusalem, they're going to throw them in prison, hopefully get them executed. Right? And I love how, I want you to catch anyone belonging to the way. What does Jesus say how you can get to heaven? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? So Paul's saying, if I find anyone belonging to the way, to Jesus, I'm going to persecute him. Right? And I, just love, I love the fact that he called it anyone belonging to the way. Anyone belonging to Jesus. That's good. My question is, would somebody recognize the fact that you were maybe someone who belonged to the way? If the way that you lived your life, would they be able to recognize and persecute you saying, yeah, that person belongs to Jesus? Right, that's, that's a conviction on me. I don't know about you. But his plan was to stop this Jesus movement. He had so much evil and hate in his heart against Jesus and against Christians that he actually believed that by doing this, he was serving God. He actually believed that if I go and grab these Christians and I scare them and they, and they leave their faith or I get, to get them martyred, right? If I do that, then I'm serving God because I'm ending this Jesus movement. You see, what was happening was that um, Saul had this evil plan in his heart. He had this sin in his heart that he wasn't dealing with because he believed that what he was doing was good. Right, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But verse 2 says that he was going to Damascus. Now, a lot of people say that this road to Damascus is like uh, the road of salvation for Paul. 
right? And I believe that too, right? Obviously, he, we're going to read that he encounters Jesus. But I see the road of Damascus a little different. I see the road of Damascus, an evil road that he was going down. No, believe it or not, we will go down a road that we're not supposed to be going down, right? And some of you might be on that road right now. Some of you might have been freed from that road. You've been rescued from that road. But at some point, all of us have turned down the wrong road. Right? Is there a testimony of that before? Has anyone ever experienced that before? So let me, let me hear you say amen if you've experienced that. Right? We don't have to be quiet in here. You don't, you don't have to fake it. We don't have, that's the whole thing with this whole sermon. We don't have to fake. Saul was going down this evil road. He was going down with the evil in his heart, sin in his heart he wasn't dealing with, thinking that he was doing something good. Right? But keep that in your mind. We're going to keep going. Uh, like I said, he was really thinking he was serving God. But sometimes I want you to understand that even while we're going down this wrong road, right? Even though we might have made the wrong turn, even though we might be running from the Lord, right? Jesus can go down any road and Jesus can save us off of any road. Jesus is better than AAA. Sometimes AAA won't even come, right? I've been on roads that they told me, sorry about your luck. Wait till the mud dries. But there's not a road that is evil enough for Jesus not to go down and save us. I just want you to know that. Okay? Let me say this. Uh, we've all been there. Okay? But Jesus, we know, will reveal himself. So let's look at verse 3. Um, it says this. That, now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. Right? When we're going down this path of destruction, when we're going down this path of sin, thinking that we're doing something good, Jesus will do a miracle so that we can encounter him. Right? All of a sudden, Saul was completely surrounded by this light. Right? He was completely surrounded him, and he hit the ground. And I want to talk about that light for a minute. You guys remember um, um, in 1 John 1, 9, it says that the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And we know that in John 12, 46, says that the light is Jesus because he said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in the what? Darkness. Right, So Paul or Saul all of a sudden is surrounded by this light. Going down his own path, doing his own thing, is surrounded by this light. He's just doing what he thinks is right. He's just living good, right? having all this evil and hatred and wickedness in his heart and was completely surrounded by the presence of Jesus Christ. You guys see that? Right? Do you guys remember when Moses saw God in his glory? Moses went on to the mountaintop and God said, you know, Moses, stay here. This is, be careful what you're doing here. Don't let anybody else come up here. What did Moses ask of God? Moses said, hey, can I, will you show me your glory? Moses said, God, I want to see you. God, I want to be in your presence. I want to see you. And God said, man, okay, let me cover you. Because anyone that sees me, they're going to die. I'm too holy. I'm too perfect. I'm too glorious. And so God covers Moses and he sees and he allows his, good, his glory to pass through him by him. And what was Moses' face like when he came down from that mountain? It was glowing, right? It was shining, right? But this is what I want you to catch, right? This is big because the devil likes to lurk 
and the devil likes to work in the darkness. But where there is light, darkness cannot be found. Right? Saul was completely surrounded. Not just his face. He was surrounded by the light. He was surrounded by Jesus. And when he was looking around, he couldn't see anything but the light. And there's a part of that is because when Jesus sees, um, sees us, he doesn't see this mask that we have on. He sees directly into our hearts. If there's light, there cannot be darkness. If Jesus is there, he sees through your mask. He sees into your heart the things that you're hiding, the things that you're lying about, the things that you're struggling with. Jesus sees it because he is the light. So all of a sudden, Saul, man, is just surrounded and he drops to his knees. He cannot hide because the light is surrounding him. Right? Keep that in your mind. And devil likes to work in the darkness, but Jesus is the light. Look at verse 4 one more time. Verse 4 says, And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And listen, I don't want you to miss this because Jesus speaks to Saul. So not only does Saul see the light around him, but he hears Jesus' voice. Right? And we don't, I don't want you to forget that faith comes by hearing. Right? Not just seeing, but faith comes by hearing. So now he hears his name, Saul, Saul. And when he heard this, he, you have to understand how awakening this was for him. You have to understand that when he heard the voice of Jesus calling to him, it was something special. He wasn't expecting it. And know that when Jesus is calling you and you hear that voice, listen to it. It's a special moment that Jesus is trying to allow you to encounter him. Right? The first time that he heard his voice and he said Saul, the first time he said Saul's name, you better believe that that was something convicting for him. Right? You know that was something convicting. The guy that he was persecuting, the guy that he believed was dead in the grave, Right? The guy that he was killing people for believing in said, Saul, man, you got to know that instantly in his heart, man, he was convicted. Right? And he even goes on to say, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus who you are persecuting. Right? So sometimes when Jesus calls us, it's to convict us. Sometimes when Jesus says your name, maybe you should listen. Maybe there's something in your heart that Jesus isn't happy with and he's trying to wake you up a little bit. He's trying to shine a light in your heart saying, hey, wake up. But then he heard his name again for the second time. Saul, Saul. Man, that's that comforting voice. That voice of letting you know, man, I'm with you. Even though you screwed up. Even though you've messed up. Even though you've gone back down that road. Saul, it's me. It's me. Saul, I'm here. I know you're an idiot. I'm here though. Right? How many of you have heard that before? Right? I know some of you should have rose your both your hands, right? <laughs> but Saul, I'm here. So when you hear the voice of Jesus calling you, he's calling you to himself. He's calling you to surrender, to grab on to him. Jesus calls you. So let me finally connect these dots for you, right? Jesus shines a light and he tries to get us to see the sin in our life. But we tend to hold up this mask covering our face. Right? We try to go, Jesus, I hear you calling. Look at what I am. What Saul was going, God, I know I hear you. You're calling me, but look how good I am. I'm serving you. Right? Maybe your mask isn't your good morals or your, your ability to follow the law, but maybe your mask is, yeah, I'm happy. But on the inside, man, you're struggling with depression. Maybe your mask is, oh, yeah, it's all good, but really, in reality, man, you're about to fall apart. 
Jesus calls us, and instead we kind of put up this mask going, Jesus, I'm good. Look at, look at me. Look at, look at the things I'm doing, right? Man, you know, Saul, when he, would, he believed that he was doing good, but he sees this light, and he hears the voice of Jesus, and he sees how wrong he is, and he hears Jesus saying, why are you persecuting me? You see, Saul truly believed that he was good. He was following these rules. He, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. All the while, he was justifying his own evilness. How many of you ever justified some of the sin in your life? Man, when I was younger, my favorite thing to do when, when somebody knew I was a Christian, right? I wasn't ashamed to tell people I was a Christian, but I, would live my, I was wild, right? I'm glad God got a hold of me fine. But somebody would finally say, aren't you a Christian? And I go, man, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm a sinner. And I would use Scripture to justify my sin. Yeah, let them know, buddy. Right? I would use Scripture to justify my own sin. And what Saul was doing, he was saying, God, look at all these things in my life. And he threw up his mask. And that's how he was trying to justify himself. Living this good life. Jesus comes and calls him and he sees the evil in his heart that he has never seen before. So know that, know that here's the dangerous part of a mask. Right? The dangerous part of a mask is that if you wear it long enough, you might end up believing that it's real. Do you understand what I'm saying? The longer that we wear a mask, the longer that we think it's real. If we wear a mask that says we're happy, man, then we're just going to ignore all these issues on the inside. And they're just going to keep tearing us up. But hey, on the outside, yeah, we're happy. Man, if we wear this mask that says, you know, hey, I, I don't lie. But on the outside, man, all we're doing is lying. Man, it's only a matter of time before all those lies come back at you. Right? If you're addicted to drugs and all you're doing is more drugs and more drugs. And you're wearing a mask that says, I'm not struggling, man, it's going to destroy you. You think that you're good, but in reality, man, you're falling apart. The longer that you wear the mask, you might end up believing it's real and you ignore what's actually happening and what Jesus is actually trying to do. Saul was justifying his sin, but Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Right? So Saul really believed that he was doing something good. He thought he was only persecuting these poor people that had this hope in a silly man who died already. Right? He thought he was just persecuting people who are ridiculous for believing in Jesus. But what he didn't realize uh, was that it was actually Jesus that he was playing games with. And if you don't remember a couple weeks ago, if you weren't here, we had a sermon on the fact that Jesus does not play games. He doesn't. Jesus does not play games. And so Saul thinks, man, you know what? I'm just persecuting these people. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Go, go Old Testament law. Here we go. And Jesus goes, man, you're persecuting me. You're playing around with God. And Jesus reveals himself. He wasn't expecting to hear from the man that he thought was dead. Right? When we're in our own sin, you might not expect it, but Jesus will call you. He will call on you. And it might feel like a little tug in your heart. And if you ignore that tug, it's going to get harder and harder and harder. Jesus is going to keep tugging. Sometimes you might hear a voice. Wake up. Other times Jesus might call you through somebody else. Say, hey man, I think Jesus wants you to know that, man, he still loves you. But Saul was not expecting to hear the voice of Jesus. Right? You guys with me? You guys staying with me? Um, let's, let's keep continuing, right? Um, look at verse 6 through 9. It says, But rise and enter the city, 
and you will be told what you are to do. Then men who were traveling with Saul stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand, and they brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate or drank. Man, so, so all of a sudden now Saul is blinded. Right? I want you to imagine going from being this higher up guy who's getting orders from the, the highest ups in Jerusalem, and now you're being guided by people because you're blind. Right? Um, and so, but what happened, what, and what we need to learn from this was that even though he was blinded, Saul got up and went where Jesus called him to go. Right? Saul could have, what he could have done was stay there and go, no, I don't believe in this. Jesus is dead. Right? Jesus is dead. I'm, I, I don't believe in it. And he could have stayed there in his blindness. Remember in Jesus' ministry, he would quite frequently tell the, the Pharisees that, man, you guys are blind and you don't even know it. Man, our sin will do that to you. Your sin will cause you to be blind to the fact that you are full of evil, full of hate, full of wickedness, needing Jesus. But if you allow yourself to continue to be blind, if you don't allow Jesus to open your eyes, to feel that conviction from him, man, you're in trouble. Saul said, okay, I'm, I'm in. I see the light. I hear your voice. I hear you calling me. I'm surrendering. And so he started making his way into Damascus. And let's go over 10 through 16. I want to read it because it's important, but we're not going to focus on it. But let's read it anyways, starting at verse 10. It says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. So this is a whole different other Ananias. That's a tongue twister, right? The other Ananias we talked about a few weeks ago in Acts, a couple chapters before this, he was the one playing games with God and God's church, and he ended up dying because of his sin, right? This is a whole different Ananias, okay? Don't get these two mixed up, all right? And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, if I was blind, I would hope to be on this, straight, on, this, on this road, right? So I can get around a little bit better, right? But he was on the road called straight. And at the house of Judas, um, look for a man of Taurus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And verse 12 says, And he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from, your chief, from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And I will show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. Right? So we see Ananias is scared. God is also calling Ananias saying, Hey man, I know this is scary, but I want you to go talk to this guy named Saul. Tell him about me. Go lay your hands on him. Go heal him. Because I have a plan for his life. Right? And we'll come back to that. Look at verse 17. So Ananias departed and he entered the house and laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. So all of a sudden now we see Saul and here comes Ananias and it is exactly how God orchestrated this, right? And Saul went from the road of Damascus, his evil road with his own evil heart and his own evil plans Ends up in Damascus, and here's Ananias, who out of the blue, Jesus says, hey, go do this. And he listened. Now Saul is healed. 
And it was something like scales falling off of his eyes. And for us, we might not have a physical blindness, right? Some of us in here, we had good sight, some better than others, but I don't think anyone here is completely blind, right? I don't see it. We might not have this physical blindness that Saul had, but some of us are on our own road to Damascus right now. Some of us right now are refusing to see the sin in our hearts, the things that we're struggling with. We're putting up a mask and we're headed down the wrong road. And some of us have some sin in our life that we're trying to justify before God. Saying, man, I know this is wrong, but... I know I shouldn't do this, but... I know God's probably wanting me to quit doing this. We all have something that maybe we're um, just trying to justify or maybe some of us are still hiding behind the mask trying to prove to God that we're good. Right? Saul had to come to a point in his life where Jesus showed him all of these things. He revealed all these things and said, surrender. Saul could have said no. He could have kept going with his mission. Right? But Jesus called him to surrender and he did. Saul let it go. Saul said, I can't go anymore. I see the light. I hear your voice. He was probably freaked out as well he should be, right? But he said, I'm done. I surrender. Saul chose to go to Jesus and to go and be baptized. He answered the call to surrender. He laid down his mask. He laid down his religion. He laid down his morals and said, I know these aren't good enough, but Jesus, I think that you're good enough. And he surrendered. He let it go and he was baptized immediately. Filled with the Holy Spirit. The same thing that he was persecuting people for. Saul surrendered. He chose to become a follower and, uh, of the man that he passionately hated. You see how that works? Right? Look at, look at his life and what happens after this. Paul started his ministry. And we see him go from Saul to Paul, right? His second name. And he goes and, and man, he's just sharing the gospel. He's going wild with it. The feeling that he probably felt after he surrendered, man, I bet that fired him up. And man, he went in to, the, to Rome and he was preaching the gospel. And we also know that Saul, um, Paul was persecuted for his faith. Paul went from being the persecutor to persecuted. Right? He was beaten, he was stoned, he was left for dead, he was trying to be exiled, he was put in prison. So his life wasn't perfect afterwards. But look at what he says here. He says in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Saul was in complete and total surrender to Jesus Christ. There was nothing else he held back. He said, my life is now Jesus's. Whatever I do on this earth, I'm doing it for Jesus Christ. He went from a man with his own mission a man wearing his own mask, a man covering his own sin, to saying, I surrender it all because Jesus is good. And I believe in this man. He died for me. Later on in Galatians, he said, for freedom, Christ has set us free. When you surrender, that's when you experience this freedom. Paul's mask that he was wearing was a mask of good deeds and religiously following um, laws and rules for his own salvation. But know this, that Ephesians, Paul even says, For by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. Thank you, buddy. Through faith. Right? Not of yourselves, so that no one can boast. 
So a man who struggled with his own mask, his own good deeds, thinking that he's good enough, eventually goes, man, Jesus paid it all. And I, literally, Christ is enough. It's such, it's such a good song that we sang this morning. I hope that you get, felt something from that. But Christ is enough. Christ is enough. That day on, in, in Damascus, Paul realized that him believing that he can live a good enough life to please God, he realized that it was false. Right? And he learned that he had to surrender. He had to repent. And he had to follow Jesus. Not only that, but through Ananias, he learned that God made him for a purpose. See, I want you to imagine if Ananias wasn't in complete surrender to Jesus as well, he would have never came to Saul and he would have never been healed. And he would never learn that God has a better plan for his life. And there's a lot of people in this community that are struggling, that are hurting that do not know that God has created them and that God loves them. Because they don't know because we're not surrendered to Jesus. Because maybe we're, we're not fully surrendered going, where Jesus, wherever you call me to go, I'll go. I don't care how bad a person everyone in the community says this man is, I'm going to go give him a hug. I don't care if he stinks and he's homeless, I'm going to give him a hug and tell him Jesus loves him. I don't care how dangerous people think this area is, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to share Jesus. I don't care how many times this person has screwed um, me over or, or the church over. I don't care. I want to love and show them Jesus. But we have to be completely surrendered to that. You guys with me? <laughs> know that God has a plan for you. A bigger plan than any road that you're heading down. A bigger plan than any mask that you have on. A bigger plan than the fact that you think you might have it together. God said, I have a better plan for your life. I want to bless you. I want to take you places you've never been. I want to do things to you that I can only do through you, but you're fighting me. Surrender. Know that he would use you to do something big. Um, one of my favorite Christian artists, his name is Christian Gray. And he's like, he does like Christian R&B, he does worship, he does, he does everything. He's very good, very talented person. You should look him up, his name is Christian Gray. But one of my favorite lyrics that he ever says was, um, he was talking to non-believers in this song. And he's saying, so I apologize for the Paul disguise that we're wearing without solving the Saul inside. Right? And when I first heard that, I thought, oh man, that's good. Because, why is that good? Because a lot of us Christians, we're having this Paul disguise. The Paul in the Bible that wrote 13 letters that made this big impact for Jesus, that done all these great miracles that say, I don't care if I'll get persecuted, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but on the inside we're nothing but Saul. And we're refusing to deal with it. We're refusing to let God shine a light in our lives. And we're refusing to surrender. Turn to Acts 26, and we're going to wrap up with this. This is his testimony. Right, and this should be our testimony as well. Look at verse 26. And, and in the book of Acts, we see three different times Paul sharing how he encountered Jesus. But I love what he says in this version of his testimony. Acts 26, verse 16. And this is him telling his testimony. Or verse 15. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. 
to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me and to the things in which I appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles who I am sending you to open their eyes so that you may turn from that they may turn from the darkness to the light, from the power of Satan to God, that they might receive forgiveness for sins and a place among those who were sanctified by faith in me. This was Paul's new mission. To go show the light to people that are in darkness. To go where the people needed Jesus. And we know that Paul, right, the Gentiles, the people that were not Jewish, right, the Jewish thought that they, man, they would never receive Jesus. They would never receive God's forgiveness. And Jesus came and said, I died for all. And Paul was the main person that went into the Gentiles and started sharing the gospel. And that should be our mission today as well. And so I'm going to ask the, um, the worship team to come up. And here's going to be our time of response. Right now, if you're not a Christian, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, know that He's calling you. Know that Jesus is calling you right now. Jesus can forgive anybody. He can go down any road that you think you're traveling down that He can't get to. He can get there way quicker than you can think He could be. And know that He's calling you. He's trying to show you His light. And He has a plan for you if you surrender to Him. And maybe you are a Christian. Maybe right now you're, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you have this mask that you, tend, that you tend to put on every day. Right? This mask of, oh, I go to church, I'm good. And on the inside, man, you're struggling. Surrender it today. And maybe some of you right now, man, you, 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 you know, you're fighting this conviction that maybe God's putting on your heart. Maybe that God is, has already been dealing with you. We've been praying already for two weeks on this sermon series. That whatever it is in each of our hearts, I've been praying that God would convict us of what we as individuals need to surrender. So maybe God's already doing that. And I pray that He is. Surrender it today. I'm going to be down here to, uh, to pray with you. The altar's open for you to pray. I want you to imagine what Saul must have felt like when he finally let it go. When he stopped wearing that mask, he was real with Jesus. He surrendered. Imagine what that could feel like. You can feel that today. So let's stand. We're going to pray.